0: hello and welcome to episode three of the world marathon challenge nine part series today i'm going to be sharing with you about one lesson that i learned in the race in antarctica which was obviously a very amazing race uh, the first thing that I just wanted to remind everybody about is that the World Marathon Challenge was a very concentrated experience and there was a lot that happened and a lot of things that I learnt and a lot of experiences that I went through and it's very, very difficult to be able to condense that into a nine-part series. So what I'm really doing is I'm sort of just touching the tops of the waves in this nine-part series and I'm I'm bringing you a a moment or a lesson or like a piece of gold from each marathon and then there's obviously more content than that. So I'll be doing some blogs as well as writing a book and there's some other ways that I'm going to be sharing the content with you because there was just so much. I often describe the experience of the World Marathon Challenge as it was like concentrated cordial and you have to add water in order to be able to experience it properly and I feel like I'm still adding water. <laughs> there was so much going on and, and even months later, I'm still remembering things and it really was a very condensed experience. So today I'm going to be sharing specifically about the race in the Antarctic. And uh, the first thing that I wanted to make mention of, of that particular race is that it definitely felt like it was a race of its own. So obviously it was part of know, seven marathons over seven days on the seven different continents. But it almost felt like its own experience. And every race that we ran was its own marathon, which was pretty amazing in itself and felt like its own experience. But the the one in Antarctica really did feel like its own experience. I don't know if you've ever worked on a project or had a project that has all these little mini moving parts to it. And one of those parts just seemed to feel bigger than the rest and that was what the Antarctic was like for me personally. It felt like a race of its own. The race to the Antarctic really all uh, started to come together when we flew there. So when we finally got to the airport after completing the first marathon in Cape Town, it was time to fly to the Antarctic. And we knew uh, that that was going to be a little bit different because of the conditions that we were flying into down south. They had to use a different plane. So we were originally going over in a Boeing seven five seven. 200 and we ended up in a plane called an illusion which is actually a Russian cargo plane which was very unique (laughs) so um, we're on the the tarmac and and I'll just set the scene for you as we walked up the stairs you know I looked at the plane and it was it was a very cool-looking plane it wasn't very normal looking on the outside but when when I stand inside the door of that plane it almost felt like I was in a movie scene it really was something else You know, the cabin was very empty. Uh, There wasn't any overhead cabins. There was no aisles. There was no seating facing forward. There was literally two sets of seats, one down one side of the plane and one down the other. And the first thing I noticed is how empty the plane was. You could see everything. You could see the lining of the the walls and the roof. You could see the floor. You know, you could see the seats. You could see everything. You could see right from the front to the back of the plane into the cargo drop area. And um, it was quite fascinating. It, it kind of reminded me, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those uh, action movies where it's sort of like military style and the... All the soldiers or the the people that are you know going into to stealth you know take out some nasty person on the ground in some jungle somewhere you know they're all dressed in dark and they're they're stealth like and they've got their parachutes on and they're strapped in and then you know the drop door opens at the back of the plane and they all dive out the back in the middle of the night. That's kind of what it felt like, <laughs> and I know that seems like really unrealistic, but that's literally like the novelty of that plane and that flight was um, was quite dramatic after we took off and we realized how loud the engines were and how uncomfortable the seats were. Um, You know, the the novelty wore off very quickly, but it was still a very unique experience. And I was quite thankful because I don't think that that's something I'm gonna get the chance to do again. So um, yeah, it was a very crazy and unique way to start our transition down south. When we landed, uh, it was obviously a different kind of landing. (laughs) The illusion actually did a very good job, and the the Russian pilots did a great job of landing us on an ice runway. I had no idea how that was going to go, and um, we were all prepared for the the cold and the conditions that we were going into. So I remember when I first walked down the the stairs onto the, the ice, the sun was still high in the horizon and you could see some blue sky. Everything was white, of course, <laughs> apart from the blue, little bit of blue sky. Everything was, was white and, and you could see kind of ice flying around and um, it was very cold, you know, as I stepped off the plane, the, the wind sort of sort of took the, the, the air out of my lungs. And um, it was a very cold, windy moment, but one of the things I appreciated about it was just the pure rawness and the beauty of the environment it really was everything that people talk about you know you could just see ice for miles and miles in every direction and obviously it was super cold and just to sort of set the idea of what the location looked like we were in a Russian base called Novo well it's called Novo for short it's a very long Russian word (laughs) I cannot pronounce it but if you if you jumped online and you um, did a search for Novo Antarctic. You'll see that it's a very small Russian base and uh, it's, it's just ice, it's just ice everywhere is all we could see. And basically the accommodation or the, the base itself was made up of like shipping containers. So there was what looked like about about eight or 10 shipping containers all kind of lined up in a row. And they served the purpose of being, you know, the accommodation or the place where you'd get some food There was very few people, I only saw a couple of people sort of helping out and they also had a couple of the big sort of tractors or machinery that they would use to, I don't know, maybe grade the runway or something. And then they also had a couple of the, you know, the skidoos that you jump on and ride around and and I guess that's their mode of transport when they need to get somewhere relatively quickly. So here I am <laughs> in very cold, windy conditions uh, in, a, in, a, in a sunny version of the Antarctic. The, the sun wasn't setting quite yet. And as some of you may know, the sun at this time of year or, or in, during February when we were there, it not, never fully sets. So it was just sort of low in the horizon. And then, you know, it sort of pops back up again. And uh, we had these shipping containers around us. And here we were ready to run a marathon. So we headed over to the containers and started to, to get ready for our race. This is where things started to get a little bit complicated. <laughs> the weather conditions were getting worse as time went on and all of us girls were in one shipping container together and we were preparing. So we were sort of swapping out different layers and trying to figure out what type of our clothing and our equipment that we would wear in order to best be prepared for the conditions. And we knew it was going to be cold and windy. We anticipated that. It's the Antarctic that made a lot of sense to us and we were given a list of equipment and clothing to pack. So we were very prepared for those conditions. They predicted about minus five around there as an average and um, and of course a bit of wind because the Antarctic is very flat. So here we are in the in the container preparing, not really understanding that the weather was getting pretty bad outside. And Time went by very slowly as we were preparing. It was about a two, maybe two and a half hour, three hour wait. So when we first got there, the race director team had to make the decision around changing the course. Um, Because of the wind and how strong it was and how strong it was getting, they, instead of running us around the airfield, as a very long loop they decided to move it to the side of the airfield and do a shorter loop so that we wouldn't have to run into the wind for as long which would mean that we'd be able to hopefully finish the race quicker. So here we are getting ready in the container and getting prepared and the race team are out trying to actually recreate an entire new course. So that's why it sort of took quite a bit of time and in that time I was starting to get really nervous. You know, all of a sudden it hit me of like, what am I doing here? (laughs) This is freezing. These conditions are very different to what I thought they were going to be. And um, I started to probably get a little bit frightened that I'd gotten myself into something that was a lot bigger than myself. And I felt like I was a bit in over my head. And the time came for us to finally get started. Race director comes in and says, you know, we're going to walk across to the start line. So he asked us all to meet outside the container. So we open the door to the container and go to walk out. And the scene of what I saw was very different to when the conditions were when we landed. You know, you couldn't see the sun anymore. It was almost a bit of a whiteout for anyone who's experienced a whiteout in an alpine area. Everything really does just look white. And it's a bit darker because you can't see the sun and um, the wind was a lot stronger. As I said, we were um, meant to be running in around minus five Celsius, and the wind chill factor brought it down to about minus 25, which is the coldest conditions I've ever been in in my life. So we're standing outside the container and we're about to make the the walk across to the start line, which is about 300 meters maybe, to give you a bit of an idea, and That's when the the self-doubt and everything really started to get a hold of me. It was absolutely freezing. Like I couldn't feel my hands or my feet. My body felt like it was numb. We're all kind of standing together like penguins in this small group waiting to start walking. And I just thought, this is, this is crazy. Like, what are we doing out here? (laughs) We're about to run a marathon. We don't just have to stand in this. Like, we actually have to perform. Anyway, so we start this this 300-odd-meter walk. And it was a really long walk in my mind. I mean, I'm sure it didn't go for that long. (laughs) But in the time it took us to walk from the containers to the start line, all of my fear and everything, every negative thought that I had, was really overwhelming me. I thought to myself, I don't know if I can actually do this. This is so cold and so windy and I can't see very well, my goggles are fogging up. And there was just so many moments in that 300 meter walk where I thought to myself, I can't do this. It's too cold, it's too hard, this is crazy. I almost felt like if I try this, I might die out here, like that's how cold it was. So we make this walk across. And this is where I share a very honest moment with you all. I am standing at the start line, huddled together like penguins with all of the other race participants, getting ready to start to run a marathon in minus 25 and what they considered gale force winds <laughs> in Novo Antarctic. And I seriously am doubting whether or not I can do this. And I stood on that start line and I honestly made the decision to quit before I'd even started. In my mind quitting was easier than failure. If I don't start now and I don't try then I can't fail at this. And I couldn't feel any part of my body. The wind was hitting me like you wouldn't believe and it was just making me feel so cold and so inadequate and so afraid. I was afraid in that moment. And and the self-doubt and the thoughts and the negativity was just rolling through my mind. And honestly, I felt like it was easier to not start than to fail trying. That walk to the start line was a very long walk. <laughs> and I remember at, at the end of the, the challenge, I went and stayed with a beautiful friend of mine in, um, in Florida. And I remember recounting this story with Scott and I described the, the feelings and the emotion and what I went through in the preparation to get to that start line. And I remember Scott turning to me and asking a very important question. He asked me, in that moment where you stood there and you had actually made the decision to not start, what changed in that moment? What changed for you to make you actually begin the race? And the the crazy part about it is that the answer was that the race director said go now I know that that doesn't seem like a very major decision that doesn't seem like a big moment that doesn't seem like a, a life epiphany and it wasn't and you could see the expression on Scott's face he was so perplexed about the answer he said that's so simple and I, I remember thinking to myself yeah it is actually now there's a little bit of funniness about that moment because you know throughout the whole experience i feel like we were playing a bit of a game of simon says you know it was just richard says so richard was our race director and most of the time we just did what richard said because he was the race director and that was what we were there to do so (laughs) there was a bit of an element of well because he said go i went because we've been playing that game for two days now and it just felt like it was continuing but at the same time there's lots and lots of experiences in my life where Things are overwhelming. You know, I'm sure it's the same for you. You've faced incredibly tough decisions in your life or been faced with something that you feel like is an insurmountable obstacle. There might be something happening today in your world that you just feel like you cannot overcome. You are afraid. You're afraid to fail. You're afraid to try. And you feel like what you're facing is bigger than you. you're in way over your head and sometimes it feels like those moments and those challenges need something massive to counteract them you know if it's a insurmountable obstacle it needs this huge amount of courage for years to be able to overcome that you know if it's a a challenge that you're facing about growing your character you know you're waiting for the right time to fix that (laughs) you know Big moments feel like they need a big response and the most fascinating part about that decision to start running in the Antarctic, it was so simple, it was such a simple moment. It wasn't complex, it didn't take a lot of time, I even wonder if I had hesitated whether or not I would have started because I think far too often we hesitate and we don't step forward, we don't take that first step towards something challenging because we are afraid, because of the emotions that we feel and because of all the self-doubt going on in our mind. That day, I heard those words, go, or that word, and I did. I put my foot forward regardless of what I felt and I started running. And maybe that's where you're at today You're facing this challenge and you're waiting for the big moment. You're waiting for the epiphany. You're waiting for this thing to happen, to counteract this huge obstacle in your life. I don't think Scott anticipated such a simple answer. And the answer is very simple. Sometimes you just need permission to step forward. So today, my encouragement to you, my encouragement for me that I learnt from the Antarctic is go. Start. Put your step forward. Put your foot forward. Just that first step today. Step towards that person that you are trying to become. Take that first step against that obstacle that you feel like you can't beat. Take that first step towards that goal that you've always wanted to reach that just feels too big. Take a leap of faith into the unknown on something that you feel like you're completely in over your head. I give you permission today, just like my race director in the Antarctic gave me permission on that day.